What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 211, where I will have a lot to talk about. We got three Michigan State games. We got Michigan losing to Florida in basketball in double overtime. We got the Pistons losing 26 straight games, and we finally get a little bit of a conversation with Tom Gores. He gives a little bit of his thoughts, and we'll talk about that as well. We'll talk about the Red Wings with Patrick Kane getting going these last few games. And lastly, we'll talk about the Lions playing the Vikings tomorrow to clinch the NFC North for the first time ever if they get the win. So let's get started with Michigan State basketball. We have three games to talk about. We got Michigan State versus Baylor. I know that seemed like it was so long ago. It's been a while since I've done one of these episodes without the interview. So let's talk about that game. Michigan State was absolutely dominant in that game. That was a really kind of the first game this year that we saw that Michigan State like top five preseason team, like what they should be or what they could look like. AJ Hogard was fantastic. Tyson Walker was great as well. Defensively, Michigan State was awesome. And one thing that they did really well and one thing that they've done well the last three games is they've kind of gone back to the old Michigan State rebound run and defense and this was the first game that Michigan State really went out and got on the run after a rebound and it I really think it threw Baylor off quite a bit Michigan State also shot extremely well from three I believe they went like eight for 12 it was like 60 some percent in this game didn't take a lot of threes but was very efficient taking the three as well. Tyson Walker, like I said, was great. AJ Hogard was great. Jayden Aikens was pretty good as well. Everyone in this game was pretty good outside of Steven Izzo. Steven Izzo, um, in his very limited action, was not very good. He actually missed two free throws. That would have been his first points at Michigan State in five years. And then also got a foul after missing his second free throw that missed pretty badly. So Coach Izzo was not very happy with that. But great win. A win that was very much needed for Michigan State. You really couldn't go under 500, at least in two games. You needed that marquee win. And you get that marquee win at Little Caesars Arena in a dominant fashion. Like winning by over 20 to a top five top 10 team in the country will always look good in the metrics and that will be one of the biggest wins that Michigan State has this year because the Big Ten it, it just might not have a whole ton of possibilities there to get a win so really near that win for Michigan State played extremely well and next it was Oakland and this is an Oakland team that's given a couple Big Ten teams troubles like Illinois Ohio State. They also went on the road and beat Xavier, a pretty decent Xavier team, not a Xavier team that like as good as we've seen in the past, but they gave these teams quite a few issues throughout this season. Gave Michigan State a little bit of an issue early on, but again, Michigan State did overcome. Um, I believe they were like a 16-point favorite. They ended up winning by like 17, which is great. Um, they kind of let Oakland come back a little bit towards the end of the game, I believe. Towards the end, with like four or five minutes left, Michigan State was up 24, so it was a pretty comfortable lead in the second half. It wasn't really ever super close. Early on in this game, Oakland kind of stuck around. I think it had a lot to do with Lampin, um, who actually went to Hazlitt. So he 
is pretty well known in the East Lansing, Michigan State area. So it's kind of like a welcome back home game for him. He made some huge shots early on. Michigan State really did a great job on Townsend defensively. He's the main guy that kind of gets everything going for Oakland offensively. I believe he only had like five, six, maybe seven shots. He didn't really score very many points as well. So once they kind of got him out of his rhythm, I definitely do think that really slowed down Oakland's offense. Greg Campy, which was actually a guest on this podcast, I believe it was around like episode like 110. Great episode. If you ever have an opportunity, definitely go listen to that episode. But he said his first half, he was pretty happy with his performance. Second half, wasn't extremely happy with his performance there defensively, offensively either. Uh, Michigan State has always beat Oakland, so Oakland's never beat Michigan State. And this is just another year where Michigan State gets the win and wasn't remotely really that close in the second half. Last game that I really want to talk about is Michigan State versus Stony Brook. Again, this was a blowout at home by like 40 points. Never really a close game. This is probably Michigan State's worst opponent that they're going to play the rest of the year. Didn't shoot the three extremely well, but didn't really need it. Xavier Booker had a career game. I believe he had maybe around like 10, 11 points. He had quite a few rebounds as well. He's getting a little bit more comfortable playing a little bit more as well. That's great to see. Trey Howellman hit some shots. Tyson Walker, of course, is going to score. Jane Aikens has looked really good. This was probably his best game of the season against Stony Brook, which is Stony Brook, and they weren't, again, very good. Michigan State only allowed, I believe, 12 points in that first half for Stony Brook. Kind of gave up quite a few points in the second half, I believe, like, 30-something. But um, when you win by, like, 40 or 50, doesn't really matter at that point. But, yeah, Jaden Aikens has played very well. He's starting to hit his shots a little bit more, which is a great sign for Michigan State going forward. Another really great sign is this is three straight games of A.J. Hogard playing pretty well to very well. And that's what Michigan State's going to have to do going forward to kind of reach that ceiling. A.J. Hogard's going to be a big factor in that. And we already know what Tyson Walker's going to do. He's going to score his 15, 20 points a night. Maybe some night he might not get up there, but he's going to score. And Jaden Aikens is starting to score a little bit. If A.J. Hogard can continue to play like he has been the last three games where he's been averaging about six, seven assists, I believe he's averaging maybe like nine points a game. If he can continue to do that and kind of be that double-double or close to that double-double kind of guy, I think that will really push this team forward to a whole another level. Another kind of position outside of kind of this past game, the center position hasn't been bad recently. Uh, they've been pretty efficient. Matty Sissoko has been a lot better since kind of becoming the star again. Carson Cooper wasn't great this past game. But they've been scoring about 10, 12 points a game now, which isn't very much for saying kind of two guys playing. But with what Michigan State was granting earlier this year, that's definitely an improvement in that aspect of things. Um, Jackson Kohler seems like he might be 
coming back here shortly as well maybe a little bit after christmas gonna have to see there but yeah michigan state's next game is against indiana state that's gonna be one to watch out for and we'll definitely talk about that in the future but overall these last three games for michigan state has been a good performance and much needed wins as well to get over 500 now let's go over to michigan against florida state where michigan Loss, I believe it was like 106 to 101 in double overtime. This was a game that Michigan should have absolutely won. Michigan was the better team in regulation. They should have won in the first overtime, but they gave up an offense rebound and kick out for three to send it into the second overtime. And then Florida just kind of dominated in that second overtime. This is just another example of... Again, Michigan struggling to close games, and Michigan State has done the same thing in close games. Like both of these programs, and I've talked about it in the past, both of these programs have really struggled to close games in close games. And Michigan just should have won this game. They did not. Um, one player that I'm really shocked that isn't getting more playing time, and he's only getting seven minutes, and he's actually the number one. E- most efficient offensive player for his like minute distribution will cheddar he's been great offensively when he just catches maybe dribbles once and shoots he's been extremely a good shooter now if he takes a couple dribbles and then shoots definitely that percentage goes down quite a bit but when you have one of the most efficient scorers for his minutes that he is playing in the country you're going to have to play him more. Maybe now that I feel like Michigan probably knows that, especially because their Twitter posted about it, maybe Juwan Howard or Coach Howard will play him a little bit more. And there's kind of an argument, well, he's not good defensively. Well, if we're having an honest conversation here, Michigan isn't good defensively. Like, when you give up 106 points, in, and I know it's two overtimes, but like, Michigan just isn't good defensively right now. I don't think that's going to be their calling card this year. You're going to have to get efficient scores to win games. And Will Cheddar is that. He's not playing a ton of points. There's players playing over him that should probably be not playing over him right now. Like Trey Jackson, he had a huge mistake in this game that allowed Florida to hit a buzzer beater before half. So maybe give Trey Jackson Will Maybe give Will Cheddar Trey Jackson's minutes. That would probably be about 17 minutes a game, which at least at this point he honestly deserves. But, yeah, that's just a whole another situation. We'll see what Michigan can continue to do. They got a couple of games coming up next week. This is kind of the quiet period in college basketball, so they're going to get a little break going there as well. Um, let's go, now go on to the Pistons because the Pistons just lost their 26th straight game. Uh, on Friday, I believe, Tom Gores gave a little interview with a few select local media members. Basically, was asked a bunch of different questions about how this year's going, how like what his thoughts on fans saying chance sell the team. One answer that he really gave, and it's going to be about the whole chanting sell the team. He basically was saying that he doesn't understand that or he thinks it's dumb 
because look at what this team has done for its community. And if you look at exactly what the Pistons have done for the community, I think he's making a good point. But, and this is the biggest issue for a lot of people, this Pistons team is nowhere close to respectable on the court. And I think it's great what they're doing for the community, but it's a professional basketball team. You are 2-26 and 26 right now. There hasn't been any close games. You're losing to teams that might be basically playing a G League team against, like, the Utah Jazz, and you're losing to them. Like, there is absolutely no excuse for what's going on for the Pistons. Absolutely none. It is absolutely embarrassing that a organization can allow the downfall of this basketball team and not have your GM at least say something like, what is Troy Weaver going to do? I think he needs to do something. Like, is Monty Williams going to stick around? I think that's kind of been brought up. I think he definitely will. I think it would be kind of dumb to fire him at this point, especially because of how much money he is owed. But Troy Weaver is going to have to do something. He's going to have to make... Moves And there was another interview, I believe, by another top guy in the Pistons organization that was saying, hey, we're kind of waiting for this cap for the next year and the year after that because there's a lot better guys. Well, guess what? You can't wait because there's a real possibility. And I don't know if this will happen, but what if Cade Cunningham gets so sick and tired of playing in Detroit and losing this much that he turns down a rookie max contract to play in Detroit. There's a real possibility that that could happen. Like if I'm Cade Cunningham, I'm looking around this roster and I'm like, where can I get help? Like there is not much help here. They can't stay healthy. The guys they have brought in are not performing well. There's not very much shooting that will help Cade Cunningham. And some of these guys, especially on the bench, are absolutely horrible. Like, Monty Williams is playing full bench lineups. And they have no chance against anyone when you do that. And you can't play the stars the whole time. This is going to be something that you're going to have to kind of tear down completely and rebuild again. Like, there's pieces here, but the pieces that you have here don't work together. Like, Isaiah Stewart playing the three, playing the four, paying him how much money he did, it just doesn't work. He just can't hit that outside track consistently. Like, I think he's a good guy, but he should be your four, maybe your five at times. There are real issues with this Pistons team. It is an awful product. It is inexcusable. And I think people are sick and tired of it. And... They're sick and tired of the losing. They're sick and tired of being embarrassed every night. They're going to break the NBA losing record. Like, this is another record that is going to be to a Detroit team for something bad. Like, if you look at a lot of these records, like bad records, it has a lot of Detroit teams on it. Look at The Pistons are going to have the losing record for the NBA. Straight. You also have the Detroit Lions going 0-16 for the first time ever. The Tigers were so close to having the most losses 
in a season and had to sweep the Minnesota Twins back in the early 2000s to not get that. That could be three teams in the state of Michigan, in Detroit, that had the losing record. That is inexcusable. And the Pistons are just another example of this. Things need to change. The Pistons need to make moves or you need to just restart over at this point. Like, go do a trade. I don't know if that means giving up Kate Cunningham. I don't know if that means bringing in a bad contract and kind of getting off the books of these other young guys that aren't performing. I don't know what that means. But I'm not getting paid this. Troy Weaver's going to have to be held accountable. And if he doesn't make trades, and honestly, even if he does make trades that work out, maybe he's not here at the end of the year. I don't know. But this is unexcusable, and it is frustrating. Let's go on to the Red Wings, though, real quickly, and then we'll talk about one Detroit team that's actually making me happy and making a lot of people in the state of Michigan happy. Um, Red Wings. Uh, Patrick Kane has been absolutely fantastic these last nine, ten games. Scored yesterday, I, I believe, two at least two goals yesterday against the Flyers. Scored again today in their game that they end up losing. Well, I didn't see a stat with the Red Wings. I believe if they scored less than four goals in a game, I don't think they've won a game. Maybe that's not true. It was kind of on the broadcast. Maybe I didn't see it correctly, but I thought I saw that they hadn't won a game. They've scored less than like four goals. Maybe that's not true, but this is an offense that either scores a lot, doesn't score a lot, kind of have an issue at goal, goalie as well. Um, Red Wings can't stay healthy. Edvinson did get the call up, which is really great to see. Um, Perron is back. Debrinket and, of course, Patrick Kane playing extremely well. Larkin's back as well. They just need to get healthy, and they just need to start playing good hockey. This is a team that if they can get healthy, can start getting going a little bit. I still think this is a team that could make the playoffs, but if they can't stay healthy, and you dig yourself too much of a hole because of that, yeah, this might just be another year where the Red Wings miss the playoffs. I do think they're a lot more competitive this year. I do think they have a lot of a better product on the ice this year than they have in the past. I think defensively is kind of an issue as well. I would be shocked if a move isn't done for a goalie this year, especially with Reimer not being very good, Huso's not very good. Um, your only kind of good goalie, at least consistent goalie this year, is Hurts for a, a little while. So there's going to have to be something done here shortly by Eiserman. But yeah. If the Pistons continue to lose, Red Wings are a little here and in there. There's at least one team that is making progress and making fans happy, and that is the Detroit Lions. The Lions have an opportunity to do something for the first time in the organization's history, and that is to win the NFC North. And they got three shots at it, and it starts tomorrow at 1 o'clock against the Minnesota Vikings, which will be starting Nick Mullins. If I'm a Lions fan, if I'm a Lions player, if I'm a Lions staffer, I would want to win it this week. 
I would not want it to go into week 18. Now, if you're going to be a fan attending it week 18, it would be absolutely crazy. But I prefer that they clinch the division this weekend because then you can worry about going for the two seed. You probably won't get the one seed at this point, but then you can try to get to the two seed, maybe keep the three seed, depending on what happens in the game with the Cowboys. But it's a huge opportunity. The Lions can go into the Vikings stadium if they can get the win. They're wearing their blueberry uniforms, which I absolutely love. I think it's really awesome that they're doing it. All blue, Vikings are wearing all white. Going to be a great game, going to be a lot of fun. One thing that is a little concerning is uh, Ben Johnson isn't really great against um, Brian Flores' defenses. I believe he's like 0-2 as an offensive coordinator against Brian Flores' defense. And I don't think they score a lot either, so definitely going to have to watch out for that. Jared Goff also doesn't really do very well against pressure either. And Brian Flores likes to call a lot of pressure, so the offensive line is going to have to play extremely well tomorrow as well. But this is a huge opportunity. And what a way to end kind of the bad year of Detroit sports for the Lions to win this game. Like, it's been so long since we've had a Lions team win a division. Any Detroit team win a division. And it would be awesome to end that with a Lions victory tomorrow. So, huge game with the Lions tomorrow. Um, hopefully, Patrick Kane can continue to stay healthy, continue to p- perform well. Hopefully, the Red Wings get a little bit healthier. And then, hopefully, the Pistons actually eventually win a game. But, yeah, that is a wrap to episode number 211. Thank you for tuning into the episode. And enjoy, hopefully, watching the Lions play tomorrow. <laughs>